Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, good morning and welcome to the Empress of Biz. This is Joanne Forster and we're doing a special Sunday edition. Why? Because we have a very special guest. And the only time he can carve out for us, and we are so greatly appreciate that from his hectic schedule, is Dr. Santosh Pandit. And we're going to be talking heart today. Not only your heart that beats inside your chest, I'm going to have some comments about the heart, the heart of your business. If you're not passionate about your business, if you've lost the heart, the enthusiasm, the love, and the passion then your business is in trouble. So I thought that you've got to have a heart, healthy heart. You have to have a healthy passion in your business to keep it running, but your heart has to be in good shape to keep the business running. And we have all, I'm sure, have seen people who heart in our family and our friendships, our, our business relationships, who heart starts to give out. So Dr. Sanchez Santosh Pandit is a cardiologist with over 30 plus years of experience and I want to talk to him. I'm going to have him on uh, hopefully once a month talking about the heart and we'll also have his wife who also has had her show, um, Dr. Sunita, not Dr. Sunita Pandit, who is Mrs. Cardiology who has had her own talk show and we, we know she has a lot to uh, offer. Just going to give a shout out to you. Good morning, Anita, and welcome to the Empress of Biz. Well, good morning. Good morning. Empress of Biz, this is Mrs. Cardiology, and I call my husband Mr. Cardiology fondly. And, right. Uh, we're we're happy to do this with you. Um, I'm there in the background. He's he's the source of information with this, and um, we're looking forward to a fruitful relationship. I am looking forward to. Uh, Sunita, I'm going to come back to you at the end because you do manage the uh, cardiology practice. And I'm going to ask you from a business standpoint, because this is the Empress of Biz, a, a business business advice. What is one tip you would give people to keep their interest and their heart into the business? Okay, so toward the end, I will go come back to you. Great. Okay. Uh Dr. Pandit, I don't want to embarrass you, but I have watched you take care of a good friend and wanted her and uh, went through a very difficult time. And I just want to say thank you for all the effort that you did with our friend uh, Joanne Quinn Smith, Techno Granny. I know that you went way above what many doctors do. And this is a heartfelt thank you. And you won my admiration and respect, sir. You're welcome. Today what we're going to talk about, because um, when I was looking at the statistics, one in four people uh, die in the United States of heart disease. So I thought we'd start with the basics. Um, What exactly is the heart? 
and what does it do for you? Uh, would you talk about that, sir? Sure. sure. Uh, I'm sure mo- mo- majority of us uh, know something about the heart, but to just to refresh everybody's memory and knowledge, I'll say that it's a muscular organ uh, located on the left side of the sternum, about the size of your fist. Uh, it's very dynamic in the sense it's working all the time, whether you're sleeping, whether you're walking, whether you're doing anything, any activities, you're working as a pump to circulate the blood throughout the body, bringing oxygen and nutrients all the time. So if you start working, you will feel it right away that you're not getting oxygen and your circulation stops. Uh, obviously, because to pump the blood, the heart has its own electrical system, which which regulates the beating of the heart. And normally, we, when we are resting, it works at about 60 to 80 beats per minute. So it's pumping like 60 times a minute, at least. Uh, obviously, it's made up of muscle and requires blood vessels on its own. And those are called coronary arteries to supply the blood to the heart itself. It's a hollow organ. It has four chambers. Two on the uh, two on the left and two on the right side, upper and lower, and to regulate the blood to flow inside the heart, there are four valves: two on the right and two on the left. So that's the so, basics of the heart, uh, and uh, I will say the heart disease, as you said, is very common. Uh, it's the number one cause of death in the United States, uh, next to, uh, I will say, close to the cancer. And uh, when people feel that the heart disease is mostly they feel like there's a heart attack and blockages in the arteries, like coronary arteries. But obviously there are other heart conditions that we people can develop uh, that are different than the coronary artery disease. Yes, John. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because um, when you were t- describing the heart, um, how much does that organ weigh, sir? Uh, it's close to uh, 250, 300 grams. Uh, obviously, heart conditions can change, and therefore the size, size of the heart and the weight can change. But uh, So it's it doesn't weigh very much for such a vital for, function? No. No, it's a small one. It's, smaller. it's more dynamic in the sense the blood comes in and out of quickly. So it has, does not collect anything inside the heart itself. When when you talk about when you talk about heart disease, um, I've had a number of friends, including my business partner, who have had. Um, in fact, uh, he has a defibrillator and he has a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. He had a major heart attack. Um, it's almost thirty years ago, and while well, he's ninety three now. He's defied all odds. He's still functioning. He is still he's still working. So he's slowing down. I mean, he has a he's really insulted that he he only works thirty hours a week. You know. So, but um, heart disease. How you you we have like congestive heart failure. Um, what exactly is that? Congestive heart failure is a not uncommon heart condition. It is uh, seen quite a bit in the older population, and it's usually affected or caused by the heart muscle. Either it gets weaker or it gets stiffer in the sense the muscle of the heart gets uh, 
non-functional or dysfunctional, if you want to call it. And when the heart pumping or the heart muscle gets uh, either weaker or stiffer, the pumping of the heart gets uh, weaker. And that starts to uh, make you uh, retain the fluid in the body. And mostly that's the most common condition or most common symptoms that people will feel when the heart muscle is not working well. And therefore, they get, uh, the heart gets enlarged or weaker, and therefore, it's not pumping normally, and the fluids start to build up in the body, and commonly seen in the legs, is called the edema or swelling of the feet. And then it builds up in the rest of the body, including lungs. People start to feel short of breath, especially initially on exertion. When they start to go up the steps or activity level, it becomes less and less. There is no pain involved, which is common when people develop uh, blockages, which is a heart attack situation. So this is different than the heart attack or the blockages, where the shortness of breath is more most common symptoms. And the treatment, therefore, is different than somebody with the heart blockages. Obviously, the heart attack itself can cause the heart congestive heart failure because of the damage to the heart muscle. But there are other conditions which will make the heart muscle weak also. So the, obviously the heart doctor or the medical doctor has to evaluate the reason of heart muscle getting weaker or enlarged. That will then properly, appropriately treat it for that condition. So there are a number of other besides the what we hear is coronary heart disease yes. that can happen to the heart. Yes. Um, I, I've heard people say I've had to have a valve replaced. Mm-hmm. What exactly is that, sir? The as, you, as we said in the beginning, that the heart has four valves that regulates the blood flow inside the heart pump when the heart is pumping. There is a standardly the heart it moves in one direction only the blood the blood flow, so it does not back up, and that valves regulate the blood flow inside the heart. So there are four valves inside the heart. The the two major the two major valves are the left side of the heart, they're called aortic and mitral valves. Uh, they are commonly more affected than the right side of the heart. Uh, these valves are affected by various conditions, but more commonly from either from birth defects, uh, they started to get weaker and they get more either they start to leak the blood in the in the wrong direction or they don't allow the blood to flow through the valves and they can narrowing of the valves. What happens is when the valves are not working well, the blood in the heart is not moving in the right direction and causes more strain on the heart muscle. And the flow inside, outside the body is affected because the valves are not opening completely and they're affecting the blood flow. So the symptoms are a little different uh, from uh, from the other conditions on the heart and the heart valves then eventually are diagnosed by examination of your heart by the stethoscope, by the doctors. And then he will order more tests to evaluate uh, the valve conditions, such as the sonogram of the heart called echocardiogram, and if needed, uh, further invasive testing like heart catheterization to assess the valve function. Most of the valve conditions, uh, besides initial medical management, are, uh, are mechanical problems. So they are to be treated with a with a, some kind of surgical procedure to improve the valve condition, and eventually that may mean either changing the valve uh, by different ways or replacing the valve. 
uh, and as you heard probably from before, some they call a pig valve or or a mechanical valve or metal valves. So those are the ultimate kind of treatment options if somebody's valve is not working well, which is affecting the heart pumping and the function. What is the symptoms of of someone? Um, is are they when they're moving into this condition? Usually starts with uh, with a shortness of breath because the heart starts to get weaker and enlarged, and if the blood is not flowing in the right direction, uh, it may cause some dizziness, called, called, um, like a fainting attack. Sometimes the chest pain because the valves are not allowing the blood to flow into the coronary arteries very well quickly. So I will say shortness of breath, the dizziness or uh, passing out, and uh, chest pain. Uh, obviously, uh, swelling of the feet because of the fluid building up, like congestive heart failure, is one of the common conditions caused by the valve dysfunction. So, yes, uh, shortness of breath, swelling, chest pain, dizziness with common symptoms. Um, and then I've heard of something called cardiac arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. What cardiac- is that? Cardiac arrhythmia, as we said, the heart has an electrical system of its own, and the heart is beating constantly by the electrical activity. And usually we are, have the electricity running about 60 to 90 beats per minute, and it's very steady. Even though it may go slower or faster, but it does not change what we call rhythm. When the heartbeats becomes irregular, or they have what they call extra heartbeats, or skipping of the heartbeats, uh, too rapid heartbeats, uh, not normal rapid heartbeats. They call cardiac arrhythmias. There are different kinds of cardiac arrhythmias, obviously. Uh, they are from upper chamber of the heart as well as lower chamber of the heart. And nowadays you probably hear quite commonly on the TV and advertisement the atrial fibrillation is one of the uh, condition of cardiac arrhythmia that people mm-hmm. uh, hear about it. Uh, which has its own condition and uh, complications. Uh, so there are different kind of irregular heartbeats, if you want to call it, that kind of lumped together the cardiac arrhythmias. Some of them are not as serious, or they are what we call benign conditions, which does not require treatment. And some of them are somewhat serious and require uh, monitoring and obviously evaluation and then treat appropriately with medications or any other procedures involved. Well, so is this something that has become more common or is this just because there's um, more publicity about it? Because you hear a lot about it now. Uh, I will say it's probably been there for a long time, all these cardiac arrhythmias, but obviously the more knowledge, more diagnostic testing, more awareness has increased the incidence. Uh, so I think it's a combination of both. It has more common as well as more awareness has made it uh, more uh, obvious uh, that these are conditions are now being discussed. Well, you you have been a practicing um, cardiologist for mm-hmm. over thirty years. I um, I'm imagining that you saw you have seen a great deal of um, changes in treatment. Am am I correct? Yes. Just like any other. Science and technology, things keep changing, and hopefully in a better way and improving every day and every year. So um, so you've really had to go through and, and a lot of changes and, and uh, 
keep up with everything. So that that is um that's a that's a chore just within itself. Yeah, like any any other specialties and any other science that you have to keep it up with the changes, and that's uh, you have to keep going to various uh, educational uh, seminars and uh, CME or medical education, continued medical education. So, uh, uh, so keep it up with all the technology changes and recommendations as we go through this change every year. Mm. Okay, so every year you have to make sure that you're up, you are um, up to date with yes. all the. Yeah. You know. Um. We we high high blood pressure. What does that do to people? Well, blood pressure is uh, is a very common condition. About almost, I will say, give or take, about about fifty percent of people will have high blood pressure after the age of fifty or sixty, both men and women. Uh, or it's caused by two things. It's usually caused by the stiffening of the blood vessels, the aging process, uh, and it's contributed by the pumping of the heart as well as the blood vessels. And it's a, it's a kind of a combination of various factors in the body, including the kidney functions, can affect the blood pressure. So uh, when the blood pressure rises uh, with a normal being nowadays between 130 or 80, uh, normal, uh, below even in the younger population, below 120 or 80. Uh, as we get older, our blood pressure slowly rises. Uh, the, it affects various parts of the body, not just the heart, because the blood pressure directly uh, affects the heart to get uh, thicker, the heart muscles get weaker, and uh, eventually causes the uh, damage to the heart muscle. Also causes, uh, it encourages uh, the blockages in the heart, causing coronary artery disease, so it has effect on the heart by directly. Also, it has effect on your brain circulation because the more the blood pressure goes inside the brain circulation, it has chances of strokes and bleeding, and affects also the other parts of the body. The eyesight can get worse, and the mm. kidneys can get damaged, eventually causing a renal failure. So heart blood pressure has no one specific organ. It can affect multiple organs in the body, uh, obviously the heart, the the brain, the eyes, and the kidneys are uh, people uh, feel more commonly. Uh, also, here probably sometimes uh, it also can cause uh, aneurysms in the body, particularly in the stomach area, that can eventually yeah. rupture and can cause sudden death. That is one of the conditions that is caused by consistent high blood pressure. So that's the one reason that blood pressure is a chronic or ongoing condition that needs to be monitored and treat it so that the blood pressure under control so you don't wait until you get these disastrous conditions where you people end up in heart attacks, strokes, kidney failures, aneurysm getting burst. So you have to monitor that so that you don't, it's like a prevention, like just like a sugar or diabetes, you prevent complications from the blood pressure. So, so many things can impact um, our heart, sugar, diabetes, um, smoking, um, of course, being overweight, uh, being physically in, inactive. Um, I, my question is because <laughs> this has been fascinating. We're we're really moving um, almost out of time here. How often should someone, I mean, see and sit down and really take a look at the condition of their heart? I think um, there are recommendations from various. Uh, uh, 
educational and academics uh, academicians that everybody after the age of 18 20 should have uh, physical done and uh, basic blood work done to have their physician look at him. And then maybe it depends on their baseline evaluation, whether every once a year or every five years, uh, they should have checkup done by their primary care physician who should usually monitor their blood pressure, the pulse rate, EKG they do, blood work they do to check your blood uh, cholesterol, the sugar part of it. And if they find any risk factors such as smoking, the overweight, uh, that has been advised by the physician how to deal with it. So I will say uh, after your uh, 18, 20 years, you should have seen by physician once and then based on your baseline condition and baseline evaluation, then the follow-up is recommended on a regular basis. So you can catch these things early and then treat accordingly or prevent it in the future. As you know, from all conditions, in any medical condition, the heart disease doesn't happen overnight. It takes years. And when we are young, we feel that we are we are indestructible. We can do anything we can, and therefore we can we avoid going or checking up ourselves and doing all kinds of uh, exciting things in life, uh, good or bad. Uh, and then it ends up after age, so-called normally in men after 40. 50 year old, then you start to feel things are changing. So it doesn't happen overnight. It's just happening from uh, when you start to do things uh, happening from age 20 plus that start to happen, but it's a slow process. And that's why blood pressure, the cholesterol, the sugar, weight, exercise, your high lifestyle changes has to be done early and not wait until you have the problem. Because once you have the problem, you're dealing with the problem to now how to get it, prevent it from getting worse. Not preventing happening for the initially, and therefore it's very hard. No, it's a very long-term process. Then, so prevention is better than treatment. Yeah. So what you're saying is, with the heart, once um, prevention is better, once damage starts to occur, it's not going to heal itself. It needs to be taken care of and yes. monitored. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to. Oh, I just could talk to you all day uh, about this subject. The one thing is that I was aware that, and one of my friends, um, heart conditions run in the family, and it seems like every member of the family has some type of heart problem. So if they should really start with a cardiologist fairly young then, am I right? Uh, if they have a strong family history of heart condition, yes, but not all heart conditions are, are genetic or familial. Uh, but if they have certain conditions like a cholesterol issues, there are some familial cholesterol conditions that can be diagnosed early when you are even in teens and can be treated from then onwards by specialized doctors and clinics. Uh, certain heart muscle conditions are also through the fam- goes through the family. So I guess it will depend on what heart condition you have or family member have that will decide whether they should see a cardiologist or get familial or genetic testing done so they can be diagnosed early and treated. When does someone come to see you? Uh, good question. <laughs> uh, if Obviously, if they have a heart condition, uh, either diagnose, if they feel the symptoms from their feeling that they have heart problems, 
to usually we get most of the time we they come through us from the primary family doctor or what we call now PCPs uh, that they see their doctors and they discuss their medical issues with the doctor and they think he may have or he may consider having some heart condition or they see any blood work that she's abnormal like cholesterol issues or their blood pressure is not controlled well. Uh, so they, in that case, they will come to us to see us as a second opinion or to get an understanding what else can be done early enough to treat them. So I will say it depends on their symptoms, uh, heart, if they feel they have heart problems, as well as those who go to their primary doctor to see them first and then get it checked and then decide that they need to see a cardiologist. Well, I want to thank you for your valuable time. I know we can talk forever. Um, but I know <laughs> I know you're extremely busy. Um, I would love to to um, talk to the the person who runs the practice. Sure. And sir, thank you for your time and uh, valuable information. I look forward to further com- uh, conversation with you. Okay, you're welcome. Yes. Uh, Sunita. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you run the practice, Mrs. Cardiology. You run the practice. Yes. Uh, uh, you have been running the practice for how long? Since he started practice. Well, no, uh, I would say he went into private practice on his own in 1990. That's when I so started. That's, <clears throat> that's, uh, you, you've been involved a long time, though. Yes. Um, so you're the business end. And what I asked you, um, and, and let's give a little, tell people what your show, um, Mrs. Cardiology, is about. Uh, so that um, people I have was, an I was inspired to start my own entity called Mrs. Cardiology uh, because of my experience of taking care of my own father who ended up in congestive heart failure. And what I discovered from taking care of him was there's so much that the cardiologist doesn't tell you, the surgeon doesn't tell you, the nurses can't tell you. There's just everyday general life living that causes you to look at it a little sideways and say, wait, what is this? And they're all questions that not necessarily the medical community can answer because that's not their specialty, although we expect them to have an answer. And so I set about um, the task of finding out how to answer those questions. What, what does that really mean? Is it medical? Is it something else? Is it what you're eating? And then um, <clears throat> that led to... Um, and being encouraged to do a podcast uh, with uh, Joanne Quinn-Smith being my producer, and I promised to start it up again since she passed away. I haven't done it. Um, I've been a little busy with other stuff right now, but I need to get back into that to get people um, more information, the questions answered about eating, sleeping, uh, exercising, and prevention. <clears throat> prevention is the key because uh, in our society today, the cost of health care keeps rising. Everybody's worried about how are they going to make ends meet. People are retiring but not having enough money. So let's help people prevent the problem so that they don't have to worry about it. Well, one thing your your husband said is really the deterioration of the heart disease just doesn't happen overnight. It's exactly. something that has been taking place since you know, uh, a young person, right. and it, and looking at the diet of many of our teenagers, 
um, God, you know, it's like that. That's a um, prescription for heart disease. It's a prescription for heart disease, not only because of the diet, but the food sources have changed. The way we do agriculture has changed. So where your grandfather or my grandfather could eat anything and everything they want, what they were getting was very natural, locally grown. We have food transported in all the time, which is great. We get to eat a variety. Variety is the spice of life, as they say, but we have more prepackaged foods than fresh foods. Mm. So I've even talked about the topic of going shopping in a grocery store. Where should you concentrate your time? You know, right. that kind of stuff. And in in our office, we try to educate people, but we basically would have to hire a full-time dietitian to take care of everybody's questions because a lot of people just don't know what to eat. They're not sure right. they're eating. The, they're not even thinking about whether they're eating right. It's labeled a food they... And one of the issues that people run into is that when they want to lose weight, they want to look at fat-free. That's not a good thing because it's high in sugar. I mean, those there's so many different issues involved in just in eating alone that that created too many pr- topics for us to cover on the podcast. Um, multiple books have been written about it, this diet and that diet, and it's to the point where I have to sit down and say, okay, which diet is really good for you? Mm-hmm. How do you figure it out? You know, and um, even the topic that you touched upon very briefly, which is, is heart disease genetic? Is it is it uh, familial history that causes it? And we've seen enough cases to know that, no, you can intervene. You can prevent. If you're mm-hmm. aware that you have a family history of heart disease, you can prevent it with lifestyle changes. And one of the things that we're looking at seriously and to incorporate into the practice is lifestyle changes uh, on a more aggressive level. Instead of just telling the person you have to lose weight, you have to say, okay, no, go to XYZ person and get help. Right. Well, we're (laughs) going past our lot of time. Would you please, as the business practice manager, give um, our listeners a business tip? Oh, wow, my mind just went blank. I had a business tip. <laughs> Give me a second here. Um, simplify is the word for the day. Well, even in business, if you learn to simplify your life, then you will prevent heart disease in yourself as you're managing things. And that's that's one of the major ways to prevent a lot of problems. And my husband keeps on reminding me, simplify don't take on more projects than you can handle. Um, you know, as women, we tend to want to do everything and do it all, and we have to really learn to to walk away from things and say no to people. And in business, mm-hmm. we're always after trying to please the customer, and you have to draw the line. Uh, and also, uh, as someone who attention span goes into about 10 different things at one time, like, oh, that would be fun to do, um, I, I my main word often around here, and people laugh at me when they'll see a sign saying focus. <laughs> but you know, I have projects I need to do, and if I take that next shiny little toy and I don't finish what I'm doing right now, then I'm not helping myself and my stress level, and certainly what that does to my body. But I'm not helping my clients exactly. because. 
spread my energy out and I'm not completing projects. So focus is my word for the day. Yours is simplify, mine is focus. So simplify your life and focus on what you're doing. Well, the, um, the, the, if you think about it from a business point of view, um, the, isn't it true that, and you've heard it multiple times, that when you create a niche for yourself and you become a specialist in that niche, you make plenty of money. You don't have to be a generalist. And that's where the simplified term comes in, that pick your specialty, pick your niche, and stick to it. So that shiny uh, pick, you know, product syndrome goes away where you want to do this, that, the next thing. You can't be everything to all your customers. Ah, true. And you create a team of people you can count on to take care of things. Um, I'd like to ask, if, you know, um, I know that, how, what is the best way to contact um, your office? And um, our phone number is uh, 412-367-9104. And as my husband mentioned, uh, most of the 99% of our patients come to us through um uh, PCPs, which is or your um, well, your your, your, your your internal medicine doctor, your family practice doctor, the one you go to when you have coughs and colds, they're our first line of defense in our society to find out that hey, wait, you have this problem, you need to go to the cardiologist or this specialist or that specialist. So that's why we said, you know, you your family doctor is going to determine whether you need to be seen by a cardiologist. The other problem people run into is that. Their insurance dictates that they have to have a referral from their doctor, and some insurances say, no, you can go to any doctor you want to. So make sure you sort of know and have done a little bit of homework before you just pick up the phone and say, I need to see a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pandit can't help you if you don't have some background that he can review with you. You're going to undergo a battery of tests so that he can figure out what's what. Okay. So the best number, again, to contact you is? 412-367-9104. 412-367-9104. And you do work with people giving second opinions. Yes, we do. Yes, we do offer the service of giving second opinions. Yeah, I, I'm aware that often, you know, you, you hear you need this, you hear you need that, and it gets overwhelming. And my experience with uh, both of you is you take the time to explain, and then that can that taking away the fear is half the battle. Oh, absolutely. When you understand what's happening, it's even like with little kids. If you tell them what's happening, they don't get all bent out of shape. They get upset because they don't know. Well, it's the same thing with adults. If you don't know what's happening, you're going to be upset about it. And the the best thing my husband does is explain to every single patient what's happening, and he takes the time to talk to family members if needed. He, he okay. knows that by telling one person and expecting them to explain it again doesn't always work. Ah. It's like that <laughs> the story that goes around the dinner table in a whisper. So yes. he'd rather make sure that key people really understand because they're part of the caregiving team. Right, right. Uh, so so wise. Well, I want to thank you. Uh, we This has been a very enlightening conversation. Uh, because my position as a uh, business doctor, so to speak, someone who works with other people is to uh, get them to not only keep themselves healthy, but to get themselves to um, be happy in their business. And if you're not well physically, uh, it's not easy to run a business. So keeping your heart, 
heart healthy, keeping your passion alive, keeping yourself physically in good shape so you can be passionate about your business is very important. So I just want to say thank you, and this is the Empress of Biz. Uh, Our telephone number is 412-670-4322. That's 412-670-4322. We work with businesses for them to keep their heart happy in their business, and we look forward to uh, our next broadcast. And again, thank you, Dr. Pandit, and uh, thank you, Sunita, for coming on. And uh, we will be back in a month to talk more about the heart, this fascinating or- organ that um, needs to keep needs to be in absolute good shape for you to keep your enthusiasm about your business. Thank you very much, and everyone. Have- Thanks for having us. You're welcome. You're welcome. And have a heart healthy day, folks. You too. Same to you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.